All right. Like I was telling everybody earlier, we had a great time in Arizona and just fired up and ready for this new year. And I was, as I was praying, asking God what he wanted me to share and what he had on my heart, and he, he spoke to me, and it, I just felt like he was saying, we need courage in, the, in this new year. And so the title is Courage in This New Year. And so 2022, it's gone, it's in the past, and now it's the year 2023. And we know that new seasons can be hard. It's hard to embrace because we don't really know, you know, in the natural what the future holds for us. But I know that the God that walked with us in 2022 is the same guy that's going to walk through with us in 2023. And so I know sometimes many people write down uh, lists of New Year's resolutions or things that they want to accomplish in the new year. I stopped doing that because I fail every year. <laughs> I would never meet the goal. And so um, there's nothing wrong with making the resolutions, examining your heart, saying, you know what, what, what do I want uh, for myself in this next year? You know, what I want to do for God? And so, uh, again, there's nothing wrong with it. But I do want to let you know only 9% of people accomplish their goals or their resolutions. And so don't allow the enemy to bring discouragement, uh, to bring uh, condemnation on you when you don't meet those goals, because that's what he likes to do. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to read the Bible every, oh, I missed this week. Oh, I didn't reach my goal. You know, kind of, don't do that. Don't, don't have shame. Don't have condemnation. Don't bring this into 2023. And so... Again, as I was praying about this new season, um, I began reflecting on the previous year of 2022. And Roy Bennett uh, quoted, the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. And I thought that was good because this is so true. So many times we're so focused on the things of the past, of what we said, what we should have said and didn't say, uh, things that happen to us, regrets, um, you know, you're, you're so focused on everything in the past that you're even afraid to jump into what God has for you in the new future. And so we want to go back and have a do-over. How many people have said that? I'm like, God, I, I, need, a, I need a do-over. Man, I, I said something that just pff, should not have come out of my mouth. Give me a do-over. But what happens is most of the time when it comes out, we, we can't have a do-over. Mm -hmm. We may have, have said something or done something. And uh, by the grace of God, he forgives us. He's got the grace for us, and we move on. And so Isaiah 43, I have got so many scriptures, guys. I was, I was going back and writing all these down just to make sure I wasn't repeating. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of scripture, Janice. But it's like, it's okay because they were scriptures I know that God gave me. And Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, forget the former things. This is kind of like a New Year's scripture I think everyone uses, but it says, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. 
And so God is wanting us to move forward in this new season. And I've talked to a couple people and they have said, you know what, 2022 was a terrible year. And you know what, I don't think 2023 is going to be that much better. In fact, I think it's going to be worse. And of course, we know that the world and economists are saying it's going to be bad. We know economically the recession is here. Prices is going up on everything. Uh, electric bills are skyrocketing. People are really struggling to make ends meet. I went to the grocery store the other day and Barry goes, I need razor blades. I spent $32 on eight razor blades. They used to be $14. They're $32 now. And so when my husband came home, I said, honey, I'm laying hands on you. I'm praying that your whiskers don't grow. Slow it down, guys. I'm like, or you're going to have to just pray that these blades last long. You're not going to have to just throw them out because sometimes it's like two, two shaves he's done with. I'm like, you're going to have to make these last longer. <laughs> right? He would love that. Honey, I got this wax. Let's do this. Oh. So anyway, um, so yeah, so God... God is wanting us not to get on the bandwagon of what everyone else is saying and feel defeated in this new coming year because we have to shift uh, and we have to say, God, I know that in the natural, it may seem like I'm not going to make it, but you know what? You brought me through and I know that I know if you're with me, everything is possible with you and I'm going to make it because of you in my life. And so we have to have our dependency upon God through this past year and through the coming year in this next season. And we have to thank God for his faithfulness of bringing us through. Because I think so many times we, we just like, oh yeah, it's a new year, yay. No, we need to thank God from where he's brought us. Because I tell you what, there are things that has probably happened in our past that we don't even know that God protected us from. You know, there is just a covering of God's children that he wants to protect us and he loves us. And so we just need to acknowledge him and say, thank you. Thank you, God, for blessing me. Thank you for protecting me because I know that I am more than able to do anything and you love me and just thank you. God, I praise you. We got to praise God more. Um, Philippians 4.19 Philippians 4, says that my God shall supply every need of mine according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Matthew 6.25 and 26 says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, and what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That just says it all right there. <laughs> that says it all right there. <clears throat> so we need to know that the God who brought us through is going to be the same faithful God that's going to carry us through. And it is, I believe it's the year that we are to speak and declare that this is the year of breakthrough. Amen. This is the year of blessing. Yes. This is the year of favor yes. on God, on, on his children, on the church. This Amen. is the year. My God is going to supply all my needs. And I am going to receive all that he has for me in 2023.
three. He's got good things in store for you. He's got good things in store for me. He's got good things in store for this church. And as I was reading and writing this out, um, I had like a vision because when I was looking at, you know, thinking about all the things that people were having and struggling with, and in this vision I saw people going to their pantries and to their cupboards, and they were pulling out a loaf of bread, and they would grab a piece of bread, and then they would use it for their meal. But it seemed like every time they kept going back, they're like, I have the same amount of slices of bread that I've had all week. What's going on? And it's like God says, that's how I'm going to provide provision for you. It's going to be those miracles, and we're going to begin seeing it. And I thought, yay, God. And so that's what I saw, and it's like, God, that's what you're going to do. So also in the past Bible studies, we've talked about the importance of knowing who we are in Christ. I think we've drilled that and drilled that because it's like it's so important for for every child of God to know who they truly are. You're valuable, you're accepted, you're loved, you're perfect because of him. And so I'm hoping everybody knows that. And it's like, that is not a question anymore. Janice, I know who I am in Christ. And it's like, yes! You know, that's, that's what I want. And so we know that that is what God has called us to be as his children, and every resource is available to us. Ephesians 3.20 says, The authority and the power of God working in us is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Ephesians 1.4 says, And in love he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So that his tremendous love that cascades over us will glorify his grace. For that same love that he had for beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this is unfolding plan. It brings him great pleasure. We are adopted. We need to walk with the confidence and the boldness that we are an heir of God. We are an heir of God. And we have all the resources of heaven available to us because we do. Don't allow the enemy to use fear in this next season. I want you to picture in your mind that fear is like a big, heavy coat. And it's like you're putting this heavy coat on you. And guess what? With that comes accessories. You've got the scarf and the hat and the gloves and the mittens and everything. With fear comes other things. And it's like the doubt, the unbelief. And I'll tell you what, the enemy wants to to put fear on you, and then he wants to keep clothing you with all this other stuff. And then we're weighed and we're heavy and we're downcast and we're just, we can't move forward because of everything that we're carrying. Do not carry fear into 2023. Leave it in 2022. I know there's times that people had fear. I, I kind of was afraid of some things. I'm leaving it in there. I'm not bringing it into 2023. I am fearless. Amen. I am fearless. <laughs> oh, because I tell you, God wants to use you. He wants to fulfill his purpose and the calling that he has for you. And guess what? It's a gifting that only you are positioned for. 
You're unique, and it's a unique position. Nobody else can fill it within the church or within the body of Christ because it's only designed specifically for you. So don't carry the fear because you can't. You can't get into position if you're weighted down with something. He wants you to cast it off. Cast it off. And so as I was praying, I just kept feeling God was saying, Janice, they have to be bold and be strong and have courage in this next season. You will need courage to step into all that God is getting ready to position you guys for. I'm reminded of the scripture uh, God spoke these words to Joshua after Moses' death, and that's found in Joshua 1.3, and it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I know uh, Deb's had that verse, do not be dismayed. And... As I was writing this, um, it reminded me of a story. I usually, it's called My Daily Walks, and usually if I'm out walking or exercising, I will just begin talking to God, and uh, it'll usually start out with praise and worship, and then usually I just see something in the natural. Uh, God uses, it's like, I feel like Jesus uh, uses parables, and it was like, God would show me pictures of everything around me, and then it was like all of a sudden I had a devotion. I had it spoke to me, and so I remembered this story, and I and it fits with what we're going through here. And I'll just read it. It says, "This morning, as I looked outside my window, I saw a beautiful red-shouldered hawk. It was perched on our pool screen, staring out in the distance. After a few minutes, it took flight, and it stood in the grass." I assume he found a frog or a small snake to feast upon. And I began to look up the information on this bird of prey. And what I found most interesting was a story here in Florida where one male and one female hawk made a nest in a tree. The nest contained their eggs, but the interesting fact about these hawks is they have a wingspan of nearly four feet. That's big. And they are most aggressive during their nesting season. The problem was, this tree was in a neighborhood. And whenever the owners would leave the house or someone would walk by, this hawk attacked them. It attacked them with their talons and it drew blood. Many people had to have stitches. Uh, They would take chunks out of uh, men's heads as they walked by. I mean, these things were very, very much aggressive. But they were protected, and they couldn't be removed. And so a person from the Wildlife Conservation came and decided to educate the neighbors and the homeowners of how not to be attacked, how they can avoid it. And so they placed warning signs around, and he told the neighbors they are ambush predators. They attack from behind. He said, they won't attack you if you make eye contact with them. If they know that you're looking at them, and if they know that you know where they are, they're not going to hit you. So as an, as an example, he would turn away, and sure enough, out of nowhere, this hawk would come down and try and attack him. And then when he would turn around and he would look up at the tree where that hawk was, that hawk wouldn't move. He stood there and he did not attack. And so the family decided to put up two keep away signs. 
and with the warning, nesting hawks may be aggressive. So people would read the sign and it would get them looking up in the tree because that would help anyone that was walking by because they would be looking and making eye contact to see where that hawk was. And so that kept other people from getting attacked because they were watching. The enemy is subtle. He has moved in and he's tried to take possession of something that already belongs to us. You see, they own the tree and the tree was on their property, but the hawk took residence and occupancy without the rights of ownership. The family gained knowledge of the enemy's tactic and strategy. And we know that a stronghold is anything that has power over you. And so the hawk stronghold was broken when the property owners became educated about how it attacks. So they had to look at the enemy and let him know, I see you, and I'm not going to let anything distract me. I'm not going to be a prisoner in my own home, and I'm not going to fear you any longer, and I'm taking possession back, and you have no legal right here. I hold the deed. This is the territory that I claim and I walk on, and you're not gonna take up residence here in Jesus' name. It's time to claim territories that Satan has, has infringed upon, because I tell you what, we have to know his tactics and we have to see what he's doing. And I'll tell you what, he can't touch it. When we go with boldness and courage, he's got, he, we push him out, we push him out. So 1 Peter 5, 9 says to take a decisive stand against him. Resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same. Psalms 2.8 says, Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. That is huge. The nations are our inheritance, and he wants us to possess this land on the earth. We have to take back what the enemy has stolen and say, no, we claim this city. We claim my family. We claim this for the kingdom of God, and you're not going to infringe upon my right and my authority that God has given me because where I stand is holy ground, and I go and I possess the land, and you can't interfere and you can't have an inroad in my life and in my family and in my territory we have to stand up take a decisive stand walk with confidence in who you are in Christ Jesus the next time you see the enemy attacking you got to make eye contact you got to let the enemy know guess what I see you, but guess what? When the enemy looks at you, he sees Jesus. And I tell you what, he sees the eyes of Christ, and he sees the power, he sees the authority that we carry. And he sees you from a distance, and he cannot attack his advance on you when you stand and you know who you are. Because I tell you what, he fears. He has, to, he has to bow at the name of Jesus. I tell you what, when we walk in that authority and we know who we are, I'll tell you what, we can do big things for the kingdom of God. And that builds our faith. The devil's strongest weapon is no match for the sword of the spirit, which is what? It's the word of God. Okay, it renews our mind. It influences how we think. It's how we believe. And therefore, it also affects how we act. 
and how we respond. And so this is how you resist the lies of the enemy. We've got to use the word of God. Jesus did when he was tempted for 40 days. Guess what? He used the, he, he could have, he could have called angels. He could have just said, you know, he, he used the word of God. That's how important it is. If Jesus uses it, how much more important do we need it? Amen. It's a powerful weapon. We're armed. It's a powerful weapon in our hand. It's our lifeline. It's our instruction manual. When we think of a battle, too, we usually picture, I think of the movie Braveheart, where, you know, the, they're on horses, and they're here, and, you know, the trumpet's sounding, and the war cry, and then all of a sudden you see them coming together in the physical, and they're doing arm-to-arm -arm combat. Well, guess what? We know that we're not doing arm-and-arm -arm combat with the enemy. We are wrestling with principalities and powers. Paul says in Ephesians 6:11 that we're to put on the armor of God. We aren't automatically clothed in it. I kept reading that. It says put on. Put on. And I'm like, oh, see, I wonder if some people think we automatically wear it. No, he says to put it on. So we have to do this every day. We got dressed this morning. We all got our clothes on. Thank you. And, you know, and so we put our natural clothing on. How much more important is to put on the spiritual armor of God? We have to. It's a command. Put it on. The verse goes on to say, put it on so that you may be able to stand. So there's a reason for it. If you need to be able to stand, you've got to put on the armor of God so you can stand firm against the tactics of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggles is not with the flesh and blood, but with principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in heavens. Verse 13, he writes, therefore, put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. Stand your ground. And having done all, to stand. Finally, at the beginning of verse 14, he says, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around our waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Four times, Paul tells us to stand. It's valuable. He, he's telling us we got to stand. You got to stand. You got to stand. You got to stand because the enemy wants to come and knock us off and, and make us shake. No, we have to stand firm in who we are. And no weapon formed against us is even going to prosper. It's not going to shake me. It's not going to shake my faith. I'm standing bold. I'm standing with courage because I know who God is and I know how he works in me. And me waver whatsoever. I'm standing firm. I am standing. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's given us spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We have to understand that we fight from victory. We're not fighting for victory. We've already got it. We're fighting from victory. Second Kings 6, 15 through 17. I love this story because the prophet Elijah's assistant, his, his attendant, saw something visible in the visible realm, that's in the physical, that overwhelmed him. 
the Syrian army was encircling their city with horses and with chariots. Alas, my master, he said, what shall we do? Elisha, though, was not shaken. He saw a deeper reality in an unseen realm. And he said, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And so Elijah then prayed, Oh, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When I read that, I kept thinking, oh, God, that's, that's, that's the prayer that we need. Because so many times we're, we're so focused on the natural, and it's like, God, we're not seeing in the spiritual what really is. And so then I'm like, God, open my eyes. Open our eyes to see the supernatural, the, the spiritual things. Because I tell you what, we are victorious, and we have to learn. And so if, if you're going through something or something's coming at you, begin to pray. Say, Lord, open my eyes to see what's happening in the spiritual. Because I tell you what, see the victory that's already ours and we are surrounded by armies of angels i'll tell you what all heaven is on our side and so we have to see those things as not as though they are in the physical i pray for the chariots of fire to surround this church to surround each of us our families god we want to see the supernatural manifested but we have to trust and have faith and know that God is still in it and he's going to prove himself. Sometimes we just got to be wait, uh, patient. And he's waiting for us to just stand. Having done all, stand. Stand. David, he didn't need the physical armor of Saul because he was wearing a spiritual armor. <laughs> Don't try to put on someone else's armor, someone else's uh, anointing, someone else's character. Like, I want to be like them because this is how they pray. And I want to be, you know what, you're an individual. And I tell you what, don't put on someone else's armor. You put on your own armor because it's for your protection. It's made specifically to be fitted for you. That's why he couldn't put on Saul's armor. It wasn't fitted for him. That's not what God wanted him to do. I mean, God could have miraculously had it just shrink to to fit him but no that's not what God wanted he's like God called me to be I've been out in the field I've had communion with God all I I've killed bears I've killed lions I've done this because of God uh, you know being within me all I need just give me five rocks think about that five rocks that's all he needed one slingshot and the faith to believe that that thing was going to go and it knocked him down wow courage courage every battle in the bible was over territory demonic forces fighting against the angelic hosts of heaven good versus evil the enemy's main purpose is to sabotage our assignment he wants you distracted discouraged disarmed doubtful defenseless detached and defeated courage is not the absence of fear but we're acting in spite of what if the fear wants to come on we're acting in spite 
of what the enemy is wanting to put on us. It's trusting God and standing in courage, knowing that the power of God lives in you, it lives in me, and we're armed with the word of God. We are armed, this is our weapon, and that God is enough that we can stand strong in 2023. We don't have to waver about what is going to happen because we have the faith to believe that God that brought us through is going to take us through in 2023. It took courage for Joshua to enter the promised land. It took courage for David to stand against the giant named Goliath. It took courage for Esther to stand before the king. It took courage for Abraham to climb that mountain, knowing that he had to put a sacrifice of his um, miracle son behind him on the altar. It took courage for Gideon to stand against the Midianites with only just a few hundred men. It took courage for Daniel to stand up for what he knew was right, even though he knew he would be thrown in a lion's den. It took courage for the three Hebrew children to trust that God could deliver them from the fiery furnace. It took courage for Moses to stand before Pharaoh. It took courage for Peter to stand and preach the word of God and see 3,000 people get saved. The same Peter, who Jesus said was, uh, Jesus was the son of the living God. And then a few scriptures later, he was then rebuked by Jesus and said, get thee behind me, Satan. The same Peter that tried to prevent the arrest of Jesus by cutting off that servant's ear. The same Peter who denied Jesus three times. The same Peter that Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus had grace for Peter. Thank you, Jesus. He's got grace for us. The Holy Spirit is going to give us courage. He's going to give you the strength that you need. Again, if you're feeling overwhelmed by a situation and you're feeling like you're inadequate and I'm not equipped, I'm not good enough, I don't measure up, and I'm not smart, I'm not talented, I just, I don't know what God wants me to do. We have to shift our thinking and say, God, who do you say that I am? That's right, you say, I am gifted, I am loved, I am accepted. Again, I tell you what, the word of God it tells you who you are. So anytime a negative thought comes in your mind, you've got to recognize that that is the voice of the enemy. And you've got to counteract his devices and his tactics with the word of God. And who are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God. I have favor of God on my life, and you have favor of God on your life. We do not have the spirit of fear. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus. I have faith to believe for the salvation of my family. I have faith to believe that I'm healed by the stripes and the blood of Jesus. I receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and he gives me boldness and courage to do great exploits for God. So I pray, God, enlarge my influence, enlarge my territory in our workplace, in our community, within our home. Give us greater influence that we can, because I tell you what, sometimes in family you're like, yeah, I know I can't talk about to God, not with my family, because this is what happens. I'll tell you what, we need greater influence. We need to have courage to stand up and say, you know what, I am not ashamed. This, th God has brought me through, and I'm just going to talk about it. 
You may be offended by it. Well, that's, that's, that's your offensive problem. That's not mine. I'm going to declare and decree the works of God in my life. So you can just pick up the pieces or you can get influenced by what I said and go, wow, they, I, I want what they got. Because most of the time, that's what they did. They're like, I want what they got. Wow, they're happy all the time. This is what God did in their life. I tell you what, it's a walking testimony. That's why we always say we love to hear testimonies here because I tell you what, it builds people's faith. I love hearing that testimony that you gave today. I'll tell you what, that's a God moment. Only God could have orchestrated that. I tell you what, that builds us up to say, wow, see, God is still working. He's still moving and he still cares because he knows she wants to drive and she wants to go to church. And he has a purpose and a plan for you. And I'll tell you what, and that's driving is part of that ter- territory. So, determination. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And then he positions people to work in his favor. And they don't even realize they're being used by God. Isn't that awesome? Oh, I love it. He changes the minds of kings. I found a survey and it kind of shocked me, and um, I'm just going to read some of them because I even had Barry look at it. He goes, wow. Um, 56% of Americans agree and that God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 56%. 49% agree that abortion is a sin. Right down the middle. The evangelicals, they asked specific evangelical Christians, 91% agree that abortion is a sin. I figured that'd be 100%. Kind of shocked. Only 46% agree that the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior does not apply today. The evangelicals, they agree, uh, 28% agree that it doesn't apply today. 28%. 42% 28%. 42% agree that gender identity is a matter of choice. 37% of evangelical Christians, they agree that gender identity is a matter of choice. Blows, blows my mind. And only 47% agree that the Bible is 100% accurate in all that it teaches. Wow, that's kind of, I mean, you can tell like why in 2022, why this world was so divided. I mean, it's like right down the middle. I saw this quote on Facebook the other day, and it said, if Paul saw the church in America, we'd probably be getting a letter. (laughs) Just saying. And I'm like, yep, we probably would be getting a letter from Paul. (laughs) Oh, but I tell you what, I know and I believe that there's a shaking going on. And you know what? The church has compromised the truth of this word of God to fit what is comfortable for everyone else. We have to make sure everyone is loved and accepted. And, and we do. We love everyone. We love and accept. But I'll tell you what, sin is sin. And we're not going to compromise anything in the gospel. And so 
It's, it's almost like they don't want, we, we're not supposed to upset the apple cart. Don't upset your people. Don't preach that from the pulpit. You might, you know, get people to leave. Well, you know what? We're going to preach the word of God. We're going to divide the word of God, and it's truth. And if you have a problem with it, you know what? That's where the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. And if you want to leave the church, you can leave. You know, that's where I'm at. I want you to come to us and to talk to us, but we have. We've had people that we've said, well, this is what the Word of God says, and then they disagree with us. They're like, well, that's not how I interpreted it, and I can't stay here. Okay, we gave them the truth, and we have to let them go, and we said, well, we'll pray for you. So there's so much shaking going on. But I believe that God is wanting us to be consumed by the word of God. And I, and I love that, that we're all together reading the word of God, the same scriptures every day. It's unifying the body here. We're all reading the Bible. We're wanting to read this whole Bible in a year. And I just love that because there's unity within the body of Christ when we're, we're so focused on him. And I'll tell you what, when, the, when these scriptures become alive in us, I'll tell you what, it awakens. It awakens things within us. Those things that were dead, I'll tell you what, God lights a fire and says, Ooh, here's the burning word of God, and he's igniting some things in me. So <clears throat> we can't pick and we can't choose what verses we want to live by. We can't say that this is only for back then. It, this, this is irrelevant for today. That's what a lot of people say. Well, that's, that's just back then. You know, it's, times have changed. You know, we've evolved since then. You know, the Word of God doesn't apply. It's, all of it's not true. And then they say, well, if that's the case, then we're supposed, you know, men are supposed to have more than one wife. And again, see how the enemy wants to come in and twist the Word of God? Because they, they don't want to hear what's convicting them. They want to skip over that part and say, well, that doesn't apply to me. There isn't a hunger for God. And it seems like there isn't a need for him. People's gotten so busy with the things of this world that they've put God last on their list. They've put everything else above him. And then when they're desperate, then they cry out to God because they want to be, um, it's, it's almost like they just, you know, it's like, okay, well, God, now I need you. So get me out of this. You know, it's like, it's, it's a God of my rescue. That's the only time I need him is when I need rescuing. God's like, no, I want, every, he, he will, he'll rescue you. But he wants you in the word of God. Because I'll tell you what, if you're serving him and you're doing what the word of God, you don't need rescuing. <laughs> because if you're following the word of God, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. And you're not falling into the traps and the, the schemes of the enemy that you need now rescuing from. So you gotta, you got to hunger and thirst for this word. I believe, again, there's shaking going on. I know that there's a shifting going on. 2022, uh, we seemed like it was the year of um, Christians being silenced. Uh, again, on Facebook, on YouTube, it seemed like, you know, everything with Donald Trump and everything that was gone, anything that was truth, it was fact-checked. Um, preachers, pastors were getting taken off YouTube, were taken off Facebook. 
you mentioned a scripture about God and all of a sudden then they're like the content is hidden because it's sensitive or they're, they're trying to fact check it's like how can you fact check scripture this you know it's just you know so much happened in the last couple years people in Facebook jail <laughs> she was in Facebook jail quite a bit <laughs> <laughs> and so she couldn't use her Facebook because she was, she was in jail. <laughs> I would call her and I'm like, Mom, did you see my post? No, I'm in Facebook jail. <laughs> it's like, what'd you do now? <laughs> well, I thought I posted the truth. Well, you probably did, and that's why you're in Facebook jail. <laughs> so I know some of you probably know Tim Tebow. Uh, he was a Christian football player, and he was known for, he was not ashamed of standing for God. He just said, God is in my life. He wanted to pray before every game. He wanted to kneel, and I tell you what, he was come against big time, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's like the media and the institutions would come with vengeance to anybody, any coaches, anybody that would want to kneel or anything. But I'll tell you what, um, they would even put pressure on coaches. And there was one guy, and I thought I wrote this down. Yeah, Coach Kennedy. Um, Coach Kennedy was fired because of him praying on the football field. And it, he actually was um, it brought before the Supreme Court because at that point it didn't matter really about his job. And I guess I heard, too, that the person in HR was his wife. And so his wife was the one that had to let him go. What's the irony? Right? Me and that one. Because of, of what he did. And so it went be before the Supreme Court. And guess what? He won. Because they said, you can't violate. You can't violate someone's religious freedom. You can't do it. And so I love it that it's like, no. He could have just stayed home and said, okay, whatever. No. I'm taking this to the Supreme Court. And I'll tell you what, the Christians need to stand up and say, I am taking this to the Supreme Court. Because I tell you what, the world needs to know. You're not going to silence us Christians. You're not going to silence our beliefs. We're not going to hide under a bushel, hide under a rock. But we're going to be bold. We're going to be strong. We're going to be courageous with our faith in Jesus. And nothing is going to shake us. And I love that about him. They want to keep us silenced we got to do something. On January 2nd, 2023, Monday Night Football, there was a showdown between Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills. It was the most watched telecast in ABC and ESPN history. It averaged 23.8 million viewers. Prime time hours. Damar Hamlin with the Buffalo Bills suffered a cardiac arrest and he collapsed on the field. When the medical team realized what was happening, they started performing CPR because his heart stopped. He was dead. Both teams surrounded this man on the field and you could see them taking a knee. And it's, I wanted to show it here. There's my picture. There it is. Okay, so we went from last year where people would take a knee in protest. Now we have 
two teams taking a knee to pray for this man. You'd tell me God ain't doing something. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So anyway, so he, so when the medical team realized what was happening, they started performing CPR. Both teams surrounded the man on the field, and you can see them all taking a knee as they began praying for Damar. His uncle, they later interviewed, said he died on the field, and they spent 10 minutes doing CPR until the ambulance arrived. When Damar got to the hospital, they said he died again. The ESPN analyst, Don Orlovsky, he led a prayer on live television. He said, these were his words, I heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right time or the right thing to do, but it's just on my heart. And I want to pray for Damar Hamlin right now. I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to bow my head and I'm just going to pray for him. So these were his words. This was his prayer. He said, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard because we believe that you're God. And coming to you and praying to you has impact. I love it. We're sad. We're angry and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, and to be with his family to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 23.8 million people unexpectedly found themselves in a prayer meeting. <laughs> they were in a prayer meeting. I love it. So one person's life who was in peril his heart stopped. The world watched God perform a miracle on live TV. They surrounded him. He began praying. They're, in, they're kneeling. They're kneeling where before they couldn't kneel and pray. They would get fired. They would get the, the media would pounce on them. Their own. We have to pray because they knew he was dead. They saw him doing CPR that was the only thing that was going to revive this man was prayer and and it seemed like this whole team that were fighting against one another became united the people in the stands I don't even know how many people in the stands there was so that there's more people besides the 23 million people that watched on TV that's that much more sit here and watch this everybody praying for what was happening on the field they needed God in that moment I'll tell you what. God performed a miracle on live TV. <laughs> I love it. I hate that what happened, but I love it. Because, see, God turns around things. And he's, he's like, you know, we keep saying, God, where are you? Where are you? And he goes, guess what? I'm going to show myself to 23.8 million people. 
I am going to prove who I am. And every knee is going to bow. Every knee will bow. And they were bowing and praying. And they were all acknowledging God, saying, God, we pray for healing for this man. Bring him back. They knew he was dying. They said, bring him back. Yes. I'm telling you, he God, bring it back to the airways. Show yourself. But man, I love it. 23.8 million people in a prayer meeting. And he's home now. And he's home. He's home. Yes. 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 So the anchor man. Wow, he had courage. He had courage to be bold in a public set, in a public setting. He wanted to unite the listeners. He even said, "It may not be the right thing to do," because he was thinking, "Am I going to have a job if I do this? What is going to be the recut, you know, repercussions from this?" Because in the past, that's what happened. You're fired. You can't do that on live TV. That's not in our policy. You can't mention God. But he said, this is on my heart, and I have to do this. And the two people that were with him were like... They were shocked. Okay. I mean, it was like they weren't really... It's like... Yes. It's almost like, especially the lady, because she's thinking, I don't really want to come in agreement with this in case... He gets fired because then I'm going to be a part of this, saying that I acknowledge this, so I'm just going to stay neutral here, you know? So. They all closed their eyes. They did. And that's what he said. It's like he specifically said, I'm going to bow my head. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to, I'm going to pray out loud. <laughs> Woo, I love it. Yes, absolutely. The, the thing that I love about this, too, is they said, <laughs> oh, God, only you. They said now, because of his prayer, so people have shortened it just to that prayer thing. So the prayer now has gone viral on YouTube. <laughs> The very YouTube that takes down everything considering God, prayer, and everything else, it's now gone viral with over 13 million views. So I feel like the people that wasn't watching the game was going, they heard about it and they're like, what's going on? Because they said, you know, we don't want to show the accident. We don't, you know, let's, let's not show that. Let's not post that. But they're like, well, let's post the prayer. And now 13 million people who didn't see it, now is seeing the prayer. It's gone viral. I love it when God goes viral. God, we want you to go viral. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you. I'm, t- I'm telling you, God knows what he's doing. We're sitting here going, I just don't know what God's doing. Let God be God. Yeah. 
I mean, he, he is going to do what he wants to do. And again, he, I'm not saying that he made this happen because that was a freak accident. They said, you know, with the hit, uh, with the heart beating in between and with that hit at the same time, that's what made his heart go into irregular. And they said it's a freak accident. And I guess that happened to one mother's son on a football field. Same thing with him, but he died, you know. And so, um, so, you know, God didn't do this, but I'll tell you what, he will turn things around and he goes, I'm going to show myself here. I've got 23.8 million people and I'm going to show myself that I am still God in 2023. This was done on January 2nd. I think that's what I said. January 2nd, two days in to the new year. Mm-hmm. really big and, and, and then one day I was in my living room to remember I told yeah. you about that yeah. um, crying out to God just in despair it's like God how do we fight this mm-hmm. you know, what, what do we do it's like they've infiltrated everywhere mm-hmm. you know you, you heard about them in important places in the United States you know the Muslim and just if, and I, anything against God there are strategic places and I got quiet and I heard the Lord say to me I have people in strategic places, mm-hmm. and I have thought, you do? He goes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, but this, this sports guy mm-hmm. on TV mm-hmm. at that moment mm-hmm. was a man in a strategic place. Yes, he was. God, and that's what God's doing, and that he has those people too. And when I was sharing this, um, it might have been even in January, because it seems like it was a prayer time, and I, and I felt the Lord say at that point just us gathered here we are we are his strategic mm-hmm. place in this particular strategic place at this particular strategic time mm-hmm. to pray mm-hmm. and it's just like so when, when you start to see things through how God's doing it and through his eyes it changes mm-hmm. it changes it for you that you know it's just like you begin to see it and it turns it around to where you're not seeing the enemy Yep. You're seeing God yeah. in strategic places. And so that, at that point, became my prayer. God, help me to see things the way you see them, to mm-hmm. see what you're doing, to see things through your eyes. And it really does change it. Yeah, I think so many times, too, we our focus is so much on seeing the enemy at work mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're like, we left God out of it. And God's like, hello, mm-hmm. I'm stronger, I'm big, bigger, I'm better I'm <laughs> than the enemy. Watch me, because I'm in this, you know, and I'm going to show and prove myself. I'll tell you what, he's not going to allow the enemy to to look or appear stronger. And we can't do that either. we got to say, no, if the enemy's here, then I know my God's bigger. He's better. He's stronger. He's, he's going to bring us forth to victory because we're already in a place of victory. So we got to know that God's in everything. And that uh, man made a choice. Yes. He Mm-hmm. He felt it. Yeah. He knew he was supposed to do it. Yep. And and he right. took that step of faith. And he did. That to me is courage. That's he courage. Absolutely. And said, God, you really? <laughs> you mean just think about it. When mm-hmm. I, I'm on national TV and you're telling me I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And for him to take that step of faith and say, yep. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens. God, I need you told me I need to do this. So right there is... Is yes. I want to say a picture yep. of what we need to do. <clears throat> exactly. We don't feel like we want to say that right now. 
Right. You don't want to do that right now. But if God unctions it and you know it's him, that's why you, everything you said about the word is important. Mm-hmm. We don't have the word in us. Right. We're not going to hear him. We're going to hear everything else. Yep. But when the word's in us, that's what the Holy Spirit uses. He said that's what, mm-hmm. that's what That's why he came. <coughs> bring that word to our remembrance so that we would know what to say in a place like that, in right. a position like that. Yep, and that's why I, <clears throat> it's like he, he I, I just know I heard him, and he's like, you got to be strong. you got to stand. you got to stand when everybody else is saying, don't do it. And he stood, and he had the courage to follow through and to be obedient to God. <clears throat> I, Twitter, of course, um, the, the videos on Twitter now, of, you know, but Twitter labeled it as sensitive content for their viewers. But, but what, what I think is, is funny in it about that is usually if something's labeled sensitive, people's like, really? I, I, I'm curious to see what this sensitive content is. So I'm sitting here going, label it whatever you want. It ain't going to stop people from opening it up and sharing it. So I just thought it was great. But during the week of his hospitalization, even during that week, players from other teams bowed down in the middle of their football games, before the football games, in prayer. So it's ongoing. It's almost like there's a revival going on in the NFL. <laughs> Let's kick that football. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a biggie for this year. Yes. going to reverse He's pulling down yes. strongholds of the enemy. Mm-hmm. Can I share what I saw in the spirit sure. Sunday morning mm-hmm. here? Okay, yeah. Well, um, the praise and worship, the presence of Jesus was beautiful. Mm. But I could tell, you know, the guy playing the guitar, he kept going mm-hmm. with it because he was waiting for the breakthrough mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, but the presence of Jesus was mm-hmm. beautiful. So, um, on the end of the service, um, Brian was preaching the word, bringing mm-hmm. forth the word. Mm-hmm. Faithful, just kept bringing it up. And I could tell it was a little bit like, he's trying, he's really trying. And mm-hmm. I saw the spirit over the church here, over the service. Like, like you know, it was like a huge ball of cement. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see the, the, the head on it. But what come to me, it reminds me of a Buddha, mm. a Buddha statue. And that thing was hindering the move of God that morning. God wanted to break loose mm-hmm. like he does many times mm-hmm. here. But, you know, when the cat's away, the mouse will play, mm-hmm. you know, the big cheeses were gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but nevertheless... Brian's perseverance in that word, mm-hmm. and he just kept at it, and he got us to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, and the first verse, faith cometh by hearing, and mm-hmm. hearing by the word, and when he got through that, he said, now what is the word, and people were saying, you know, giving answers, but that word sharper than any two-edged sword mm-hmm. at that moment. It broke open the heaven. Awesome. That thing left 
And it was like the anointing came on Brian and he picked up the word and he ran with it. You awesome. could tell the difference, the anointing. I mean, awesome. he really got with it. Awesome. It was good. Awesome. So perseverance, yes. you know, and we can expect the enemy to try to put that, that stop on mm -hmm. service. Right. Because this is one of the places God is pointing out. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm going to move mightily. Absolutely. Yep. And many people are going to come mm -hmm. from miles around. Mm -hmm. Woo! Amen. An influx of, yes. God's, of hungry people, not, yes. not just God's people. Yes. They're going to come do running. Absolutely. But it's people that are hungry. And yes. Scared. They're running scared. They're looking for help. Something to help. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 I agree. This I, is like a, a year of new beginnings. It is. With, with this this church right here. I'm excited. I tell you what, it's like, you know, it's, like I said, there's people that's just like, oh, they're dreading the new year. It's like, I'm excited about the new year because I already see day, second day, I see God moving. National TV. I'm like, hello. It's like a neon sign going, hey, I'm here. I'm moving. I'm doing something. Just get ready. This is the beginning. This is exactly what you're seeing. I've got greater things in store. I tell you what, he's just showing us a glimpse. And we got to get on board. And we got to. Army. And I, we're moving forward. We're going to persevere. We're going to stand strong. And we are going to tear down the principalities and powers that's over the, the area and over my home and over my health. And I'll tell you what, we're going to move forward in God and what he has for us. And so I love that song, too, that we said um, after that uh, about everyone bowing because it's like, okay, when they bow and they take a knee for in protest and now the knee is now uh, really kneeling before God. And it's like the song we sing, it says, I've seen real life resurrection. <laughs> I remember singing that song and I'm like, God, I don't think I've really, you know, it's like you sing songs, you're like, I've seen real life resurrection. I'm like, I haven't really seen real life resurrection. And and it was like, God, I want to see real life resurrection. And so now I'm going, we've seen real life resurrection on national TV. Don't you tell me that he can't do it. Don't you tell me. All the miracles we'll see, you're too good to not believe. So God is saying, look what I am doing. Don't be dismayed. Don't fear. I am that I am. I'm in this. And he showed himself. And so God wants us to be strong. He wants us to have courage in this next season. And it's time that we got to expand our territory. That's what God's laid on Barry's heart is our expansion of our territory. We have to expand the territory because I tell you what, the enemy has tried to take over so much. It's like, no, the land that you claim because it ain't yours. It has already been inherited to his children and we're taking back and we're claiming this land. We're claiming our families. If you've got people that's uh, in your family that's not saved, you, you say, I declare I am taking ground. An enemy, you have no inroad in my family and they will serve God and pray for the Holy Spirit to begin drawing them closer. And I tell you what, you watch God be faithful because he's going to do it. And... Um, the last scripture I think I had is, uh, let's see. Actually, we'll go on to this one. There's one, one, one last story I wanted to share. 
Um, I, I saw this story online and I, th I thought it was just appropriate. And it said, a teacher in a Bible school gave his students an hour-long exam. They were to spend half the time writing about the Holy Spirit and the other half about the devil. And so one student wrote steadily for the whole hour on the first subject, the Holy Spirit. And then he wrote at the bottom of his manuscript, I had no time for the devil. <laughs> I love that. I don't know what grade he got. I don't know if, you know, the teacher was like, yeah, I'm going to still give him an A for that one. Or if he failed, who knows? But we've got to remember that we've got to fill ourselves with the word of God. Um, we have to submit to the Holy Spirit. We have to um, do what the Holy Spirit's telling us. We have to be obedient. We have to trust. We have to have faith to know that where he's taken us and what he's put on us is from him. And we just got to be obedient. We got to be courageous and stand knowing that God, it may not seem like in the natural, I should do this, but you're telling me I should like the anchorman and I'm, I'm just going to do it. And so we, we have to have courage, courage, courage in this new year. And so we can't allow the enemy to gain a foothold in the area of our life. Because I tell you what, if the Holy Spirit's controlling it, the enemy can't have an inroad. Because the Holy Spirit's leading it, and he can't. He can't touch what the anointing of God is doing in our life. Because it's the Holy Spirit. He can't come against the Holy Spirit. And so this is, we can't give place. And that's what it, it says, don't give place to the enemy. Don't give him place. Don't give him an inroad. When you're filled with the word of God, there's no room for him to get in there because I'm already full. <laughs> you know, we're full. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be com completely surrendered to what he wants and what he desires in us. I know I gave, um, I don't know if you guys want to pass these out. You can pass these down. I think I have enough <clears throat> for everybody, but... I came across these prayers, and it's, they're powerful. And if, if you want to just read them, I mean, I tell you what, if, if you're going through a time and you need the fire lit under you, I tell you what, you've got to pray these prayers. And um, I might just read this first one. I know it's a little long. And we can kind of all kind of look at it. There should be enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Janice, when you get done with that, I want to play you guys a tape that I came across this morning. And it's about worship. And it's powerful. Mm -hmm. It is powerful. And it talks kind of like what she said about all those people. Where do you see this stadium? Okay. All right. So I'm just gonna I'm just going to read this prayer because I just I think we need to end it with the word of God and we need to end it with the decrees and declarations of Jesus. And I tell you what, if this doesn't light a fire under you when you get out of here, your wood is wet, as they say. So it says, Father, in the name of Jesus, I enter your gates with thanksgiving and into the courts with praise. I bless your name, Lord, for you are great and you are greatly to be praised. 
I adore you, Lord, and I worship your holy name. I stand before your throne of grace, and I thank you for your goodness and for your mercy upon my life. I thank you, Lord, for watching over my life and for your protection, the protection of the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for clothing me in a robe of righteousness, which covers me because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God in the pulling down of strongholds. I cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that lifts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that God's anointing destroys every yoke of bondage in my life. I pray that you equip me with the strength and the wisdom and discernment. I pray that I be strong in spiritual warfare battles. Help me, Lord Jesus, to spend time in your presence through prayer and worshiping you. Thank you for giving me this weapon of prayer to fight against the enemy. I pray, Lord, that I may pray without ceasing and with all prayer and supplications. Help me, Lord, to put on the whole armor of God so that I may fight and guard my life against the attacks of the evil one. Help me to gird my loins with the belt of truth so that I may protect against the lies and the deception of the devil. Help me, Lord Jesus, to put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect my heart from any temptation that may come my way. I pray that I may put on the preparation... That's what I was trying to say of the gospel of peace for my shoes so they will make the light of your word and I'll take it wherever you want me to take it. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that I may take the shield of faith to distinguish all darts and threats that are hurled at me by the enemy. I put on the helmet of salvation to cover my mind, my thoughts, the imaginations, and to remind me that I am a child of God and I am forgiven. I am free and I am saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that I take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, the one which is an offensive weapon given to us for battle. Your word, which has power to dis demolish the strongholds. Thank you, Father, for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, Lord, that I may not try to fight and wrestle in my own strength, but to commit everything into your hands and to cast all my burdens to you, Lord, for you sustain. I pray that you surround me with your wall of fire and may your pillar of fire be seen wherever I abode tonight. I pray that I may abide in you and you and me, Father God, increase my power base by your continual infilling of the Holy Spirit. Yes, fill me to overflowing, and I pray that you equip me with the spirit of discernment that I may be able to discern and perceive what is God's divine will and that which is diabolical in nature. Placed upon me, Lord, the spirit of a watchman, that I may pray with fervency and without ceasing. Help me, Lord Jesus, that I may not pray amiss, and that my prayers will hit my target, and that they may cry. Father, that as I load and equip myself with the word of God so that I can use this sword of the spirit to fight any warfare, I decree and I declare that no weapon fashioned against me will be able to prosper, nor any tongue that rises in judgment shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. When the enemy comes to attack me, I pray that your spirit lifts a standard against him in the name of Jesus, according to Isaiah 59, 19. Thank you, Father, for fighting my battles, and I decree and declare that if you, God, 
be for me, then who can be against me? For nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the knowledge that greater is you that is in me than him who is in the world. And I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. And as I, as I pray, Lord, may your Holy Spirit help me in my infirmities and intercede on my behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. For he is the only one who knows what to say in prayer of warfare according to the will of God. Thank you, Father, for your promises. For Exodus 14, 14, you have promised that you will fight for me and that I will hold my peace. <laughs> Thank you, mighty God, for your promise in Isaiah 43. You said, oh God, you have called me by name and I am yours and that when I pass through the waters, you will be with me. And when I go through the rivers, they shall not overflow me. When I walk through the fire, I shall not be burned, nor shall any flame scorch me. I thank you, Lord, for being there for me always. Indeed, you are the defender of God's elect. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for these promises, which assures me protection and that I am safe in your hands. I seal this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'll tell you what, this other one's, I'm going to pray. Let's, let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your mercy and your grace by which you have given me a position in your family and an inheritance in Christ. I thank you for your covenant that is forever settled and that your promises are sure to your heirs. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your blood of the covenant through which you have made redemption for my sin and by which every covenant promise is forever secured in me. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have come to live within me as the guarantee that every promised blessing of the Father is freely available to me as I come in childlike faith to the mercy seat. Father, boldly I come to your throne of grace to lay hold of my inheritance. I ask your forgiveness for neglecting my inheritance through ignorance and the intimidation of Satan. I receive your forgiveness, the enemy to steal and control that which Jesus shed his blood to make mine. I repent of the sin of unbelief, which has allowed the enemy to defeat deceive and discourage me from boldness and taking possession of my inheritance. Satan, in Jesus' name, I command you to take your hands off my inheritance. I call your bluff. I declare you to be a liar, a thief, a usurper. And in Jesus' name, I declare that you will no longer steal my peace and joy in the relationship with my father through manipulating me with fear, condemnation, and deception at this very moment. Take your hands off my life, my health, my prosperity, my finances, my family and relationships, my career, my ministry, and my destiny. Every thieving, lying spirit that you have assigned to me, I now command to leave. Go and do not return in Jesus' name. Your assignments are canceled and you are evicted from my life and you may not return. I am God's child, born of the Spirit, washed in the blood of the Lamb. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and it is consecrated to be the dwelling place of God. Satan, you have no part in me and no rights over me. They have been revoked through the blood of Jesus. Leave right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for victory in Jesus. Thank you that he destroyed the power and the works of the devil in my life. 
death, and resurrection in his. I enter the rightful place as your child, and I receive my full inheritance as your heir. Holy Spirit, I receive you as my counselor, my teacher, and guide to reveal to me the fullness of my inheritance and to empower me to prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and in every relationship and endeavor in my life. I submit to your leadership and listen to your voice as you instruct me and teach me in the exciting adventure of life. I ask and declare all this in the name of Jesus, my covenant head. Amen. I'll tell you what. Yep, go ahead. I'm telling you what, they said in the last name you're going to hear the groanings <laughs> of the earth. And I'll tell you what, our voice is louder. And I tell you what, God is doing something. And I'll tell you what, if anybody comes to you with gloom and doom and 23, I'll tell you what, make copies of this and throw, and throw it at them. Send it to them in the mailbox. Oh, absolutely. There, I've, got, I've got several here. So, yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you what. God is, is wanting to do such great things in 2023. And I'll tell you what, if we're expecting gloom and doom, then guess what? You're going to get gloom and doom. Because right. I'll tell you what, I'm the power of God to fall. I'll tell you what, we have prayed for so long for God to begin to reveal his heart and his purpose and his uh, anointing and his glory to fill the earth. And I'll tell you what, he's doing it. And I'll tell you what, he's, he's revealing his glory even in the world. Those worldly people that were sitting in those stadiums. Every knee, he said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I'll tell you what. Those people that were kneeling, those people that would come against and, and, and kneel in protest, I'll tell you what, they are kneeling under God. I'll tell you what, the Supreme Court, there's been so many things that have been ruled in our favor. And I'll tell you what, we got to keep praying. We got to keep persevering. We got to keep standing. Stand. Having done all, stand. Pray. Read the Word of God because this is going to keep you on fire. The Word of God is fire. It's shut up in your bones. And I tell you what, you're going to be able to, to tell the Word of God and they're going to catch the fire of God in you because I tell you what, it is, I just, I'm so excited. It's like, man, 2023. I'm like, God, I see you in 2023. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in people's life because I tell you what, He's got a purpose. He's got a new plan. What you were doing in 2023, may not be the same plan that he has for you. Because I tell you what, he's, he developed you in 2022. There is such a, 
He's equipped you. He's taught you something. And so now that you've learned that, hopefully you've learned it. If you haven't learned it, then you may have to keep going around the mountain like the Israelites did 40 years, St. Janice, when you're going to catch on to this. So once we get it, because I want to get it. I don't, I don't want to keep running around the same mountain. I want to get it. I want it to be a four-day trip, not a 40-year trip. And so we've got to say, God, I'm with you. <laughs> I agree with your word. We've got to get on board with what is the word of God says. It's like this, this is the victory that we have in every aspect of, of our lives. And if we don't believe that the word of God is in my family and in the word of God and in my church and in my work and in my city and in our state and in our government, I'll tell you what, the Supreme Court has been ruling in favor for the Christians. They're now, what they used to be able to go and tear down crosses and Moses and courtrooms. Do you know we've got victory? They can't do that anymore. They can't do that. It was overturned. They said, you can't just go and start taking crosses out of cemeteries and out of courtrooms. You can't do that. Hallelujah. And it's like we got we to raise our voice and say, hey, this is what's happening, church. Because a lot of people's like, oh, nothing's happening. Yeah, it's the church just still is the church and no one's talking. No, God is on the throne. We have to get the word out and say, no, God is doing this. You may not have known about this, but this is what the Supreme Court is doing. It is, it's the high authority of our state. And I'll tell you what, we've got some godly men on that that is saying, you know what? The religious freedom is important. And so we got to get on board. Continue praying because I tell you, all our prayers in 21, 22... We're seeing come to pass. You're like, well, I haven't seen God answer. Yes, he has. You got to look for what God's doing. I tell you what, you can't just sit here and say, well, I'm waiting for God to do something. No, you go after and see what God's doing. I'll tell you what, he's doing a lot of things. And so you got to catch the fire. You got to stand. You got to have courage and boldness in this next season. Because I tell you what, I don't know what the world is, what it's going to be like economically, but I don't care. Because God told, gave me a picture and says, when you get that loaf of bread and you take that piece out, guess what? I'm replacing it. I am going to be forever your provider in everything. I'll tell you what, those electric bills, I see them going down. They're going to say, well, everybody's like, well, my electric bill went up 100. Mine actually went down. Well, why did yours go down? Well, you know, see, that's the power of God. And he is going to prove himself and show himself in our lives. And I'll tell you what, we're going to declare the goodness of God. That's all. Sorry, I'm all fired up, so. But I tell you what, it's. Yes. Conventions, I mean, people gathering. Yes. And I was thinking about that, you know, not too long ago. God, the heavens are rumbling. They are. And the big New Year's Eve celebration in Christmas, Nashville. I mean, it was dynamic. And I I knew the heavens, there are ripples and mm-hmm. and rumblings. Mm-hmm. And look what happened at the football game. I know. Woo! I, gotta share. This is a, I, think I may have shared this before, but I had this uh, vision one time when I was in a church meeting. Um, and it's probably been 35 years ago, maybe 40 or one. Anyway, what I saw in the vision was uh, people were in a football stadium. They were there for a football game. And um, suddenly, uh, in the middle of the field, there was a podium, and there was a preacher that walked out, and he started, the gifts just were flowing Mm -hmm. through him, and he was calling out, 
uh, you know, somebody in section C, row, seat number 25. Well, he had the row, the seat, the wow. section. And you have such and such a disease, and God wants to heal you. Wow. And, um, I mean, that was 40 years ago. So that was mm -hmm. kind of what was, I think is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, I had that a long time ago, but I can yeah. see now the things starting to open up that, you know, mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. 